Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Jessica Blotter is the CEO and co-founder of Kind Traveler, the first socially conscious give-and-get hotel booking and media platform that empowers travelers to positively impact the communities they visit. After a trip to Belize, Jessica and her co-founder asked, what if we could create a way for travelers to easily make a meaningful positive impact within the communities they visit and in turn be filled up with a greater sense of joy and purpose while traveling? After years of development, their answer was kindtraveler.com. Through this give-and-get booking model, travelers unlock exclusive hotel rates and perks when they give a $10 nightly donation to a local charity that positively impacts the community visited or to a charity of their choice that's noted on kindtraveler.com. In this conversation, Jessica and I talk about her experience in Belize that was the catalyst for Kind Traveler. We talk about the importance of making traveling sustainably not only easier for travelers, but making it the rule and not the exception, and the shift she's seeing in the market towards more purposeful travel. This conversation was the perfect way to begin a new season, sharing the stories of women who are inspirational leaders, how travel has created awareness and shifts in their lives, and how that personal experience has inspired them to create change in the world. Welcome to Season 3 of Soul of Travel, Shaping Our Future. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Jessica Lauder. Welcome to Soul of Travel podcast. I'm Christine, and I'm the host of this interview series and founder of Lotus Sojourns. And I am so excited today to be launching season three and to have Jessica Blotter from Kind Traveler joining me. Um, So welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you. Um, So part of why I am so excited uh, to have you here, as you already know, um, because we've been fortunate enough to connect in the past, I am a super fan of Kind Traveler. And when I first heard about it was just like dumbstruck. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I did not think of this idea. It's so brilliant. (laughs) And then really quickly learned that I'm so glad I did not think of this idea because I would not have wanted to have birthed it into being. Um, So we'll talk about that a little bit, (laughs) but yes, I'm really glad that was your mission and not mine. Um, For those of you joining us, uh, Kind Traveler is a platform that allows travelers to give a $10 nightly donation to a local charity um, that impacts the area directly where you are traveling. And the other thing that's really fun is they get to choose the charity that they're donating to. And then um, as a thanks for that, then they are able to book with hotels at a discounted rate, right? Is that the gist of Kind Traveler? <laughs> uh, well, Kind Hotels that or are- Kind profi- Hotels. Yeah, that are profiled by their efforts and how they're advancing sustainability, individual wellness, and community impact. 
Yes. And then through that give and get model, 100% of donations go back to charity, which creates a triple win between the traveler, the charity and the hotel. Yeah. So I just think it's so brilliant because um, as we know, we've seen that travelers are really looking for more purposeful travel, more meaningful travel and more responsible travel. But it's really can be overwhelming to try to determine what to do and what action to take and where to start. So I love that this gives them the ability like in their planning phase to make an educated decision, like check a box and they don't kind of, they're not in that paralysis of trying to figure out what to do and then not do anything at all. So yes. Or just live with the traveler's guilt, which we call yeah. <laughs> of the act of doing nothing and yes. um, the psychological downside of that. Yeah. Um, well, before we get too far into the conversation, I'm going to give you a moment to um, introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are and um, maybe a better introduction <laughs> to <laughs> Kind Traveler than my quick summary so people can have a, a fuller understanding. Oh, thank you so much, Christine. Well, I'm so excited to be here. I'm Jessica Blotter, um, co-founder and CEO of Kind Traveler. I also serve on the board of directors for the Center for Responsible Travel, which is known as CREST in Washington, DC. I'm also a speaker and uh, contributing journalist uh, on sustainable tourism. And I um, started Kind Traveler. Um, we actually launched it in late 2016, as Christine said, the world's first socially conscious give and get. Um, a hotel booking platform that empowers travelers to positively impact the communities that they visit. Um, since we've launched, we've aligned 140 hotels and um, over 100 charities um, in 22 countries um, since launching. And all of those charities are aligned with addressing the UN global goals for sustainable development. And so um, essentially what that means, they're all acting to fight poverty, advance environmental sustainability and advance um, equality in communities. Um, so, and, you know, the other thing that's really unique about the, unique about the platform is um, not only the way we tell the hotel story, but we create very transparent communication on what the hotel is doing to actually advance, um, not just its sustainability and community impact, but also individual wellness, um, which we see as a much more holistic part of the conversation, um, sort of that theory that it's, you know, it's hard to um, express kindness to others in the environment when you're not being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so we see wellness as a big part of the story. And then the other thing that's um, really unique and my favorite part of the platform is that we measure the exact impact that you'll make. Um, so a $10 donation actually goes a really long way. And some of my favorite examples of that um, here in California, for example, we work with um, an organization called the Russian River Keeper up in Sonoma County. And one of my favorite examples is that $10 will help clean 250 pounds of trash out of the Russian River in Sonoma County up in wine country. So um, that's a huge impact metric um, to deliver on with just a $10 donation. I mean, $10 with a local food bank in that same region will provide 20 nutritious meals to in need families. Mm -hmm. um, so there's all kinds of things that $10 will do. And we measure that impact for the traveler. So like you said, before you even step foot on a plane, train or automobile, you will know the impact that your dollars are making um, by your conscious choices of optimizing your travel dollars. Um, so that's kind of the gist of the platform. And um, I guess it's fair to say we've been working on a 2.0 um, edition that we'll be um, releasing um, in the coming months um, that mm -hmm. we're super excited about. I'm sure we can talk about that later in the show. Yeah, excellent. Um, one of the other things I really love specifically about your platform is that you book directly with the hotels, which I think is amazing from a consumer perspective, um, because you're not kind of stuck in that third party booking world. Can you talk about that a little bit? So travelers get their, they make their donation they get the discount, like earn the discount, and then they are directed to the hotel. Is that the right process? 
Um, yeah, no, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, one of the things that we're reiterating in our 2.0 model um, is currently it is correct. It's a two-step process. Um, but actually, um, you know, rather than creating two transactions of giving and then getting your exclusive rate, 2.0 is actually ruling that all into one transaction to make it much easier. Oh, um, it's still a, considered a direct booking to the hotel, mm -hmm. um, but that transaction is going to just take place in one place on Kind Traveler. Okay. Um, it just sort of cleans it up, makes it easier. We're swimming a bit more downstream mm -hmm. and you're not having to um, give a donation before you're able to choose your room type and et cetera. So um, all in one place, um, all room types and options will be available, all the different rates that are available um, with our Kind Traveler exclusive rate that we negotiate with every hotel, um, all, and as well as the perks that are offered. And the perks are about $100 to $150 in value of items such as, you know, perhaps a complimentary bottle of wine at check-in or a extended, um, you know, late checkout or early check-in things like that to just motivate um, the traveler's act of kindness and giving back. Um, but it's really that giving back piece that differentiates us from any other sustainable travel platform is, you know, tapping into the psychology and the need. In fact, 70% of travelers have this desire to impact communities. But the real challenge in the space is that half don't know how to do this and a third find it confusing. And so our platform is to make it easy, help travelers identify those local impact opportunities and get ahead of those before they even land so that they can enjoy their vacation even further. I love that. And I think that is a really good segue to talk a little bit about how um, Kind Traveler came to be. And for this series, for this season, what I really want to connect with leaders in the travel industry on is how travelers or how travel has impacted them and how that has inspired them to create a change in the world, which is, I mean, that's why you're the perfect guest to launch this because it's literally how Kind Traveler came to be is this experience you had traveling. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love for you to share um, about your, your um, time in Belize that, that kind of prompted and opened your eyes to this situation that was the catalyst for it all. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I had been kind of leading up um, to that moment in Belize. You know, I think, um, you know, I, it's fair to say I started my career um, as an earth science teacher, um, teaching um, underserved students in a, in a school where, you know, they would be the first in their families to go to college. Um, but it was really there um, where I found my heart for sustainability. I was teaching earth science. Um, I really connected to that experience experience, but I did have a longing for something more. Um, so I joined a startup. Um, it was a lifestyle magazine um, and worked, you know, side by side with the founders. I was one of the first employees hired. And um, it was really there where I found this longing for entrepreneurship, um, working in that entrepreneurial space. I became the associate publisher and helped grow the company in magnitude. Um, but I had this deep desire to connect with something with more purpose. Um, the magazine focused on travel and fashion. Um, and I, I, you know, I took some press trips and I, you know, sort of really honed in on this passion that I had for, for traveling. And I, I wasn't sure how all these things were going to tie together. I just knew I had this deep longing. Um, and I started volunteering a bunch at that time. And it was really through volunteering where I discovered that when I was engaged in the act of, you know, actively giving back, um, my life as a whole just felt more connected, more on purpose, more meaningful. And I really wanted to create that meaningfulness in a very sustainable way. So it was something that I could experience every day. Mm -hmm. So um, I had that mindset going into my vacation to Belize. And when I went on this trip with my um, now co-founder of Kind Traveler, um, we, we went there, we um, you know, were there to see the Mayan ruins and go caving and do the things you think of. But instead, we saw a lot of poverty, which is not uncommon in developing countries, but it was extreme poverty where we saw um, families living in shacks next to polluted swamps. I even saw a McDonald's bag floating by while women were washing their clothes in a river. And um, I saw a lot of emaciated dogs. And as animal rescue volunteers, it was 
very hard for us to turn a blind eye to what we saw. In fact, we, we found it impossible to get excited about the activities of the day um, and just sort of ignoring what we saw or what we witnessed as it, as it related to the pollution, the families and the dogs. And, um, you know, we, we, because we couldn't do nothing, anything, we um, decided to feed the dogs. And when we started feeding them um, this, we, so we were on a bus, it stopped at a local convenience store. And it was sort of the last chance to grab snacks or water before this trip. And um, when we got off the bus, these dogs just approach you, ribs protruding. Um, I ran into the convenience store and they happened to have little baggies of dog food. Mm -hmm. So Sean and I grabbed as many as we could off the shelves and we ran back out and just started scattering it on the ground. And um, when we looked up, we saw all the other travelers coming out of the store, carrying the little baggies of dog food. <laughs> so we had unintentionally inspired this very small act of, you know, giving back. Um, but then when we got back on the bus, the entire sentiment had shifted from sort of this somber and sad feeling to this sense of joy, hope, and even a little bit of laughter. So that feeling stayed with us as we thought about, you know, these other travelers are thinking the same thing, but they just needed a catalyst to engage them in that act of helping mm -hmm. um, instead of turning a blind eye. Mm -hmm. So um, that feeling stayed with us for a really long time. And we started to think about, you know, how could we use our entrepreneurial skills, our passion for travel to create a pathway that would make it easy for travelers to give back to meaningful causes in the places that they visited um, without necessarily volunteering, um, because not everybody wants or has the time to do a volunteerism trip. And so when we started, you know, brainstorming and thinking of this catalyst that travelers would need, we thought of the idea of the give and get booking platform where we would, in fact, make it easy for travelers by aligning these wonderful causes um, with hotels also committed to philanthropic and sustainable efforts and um, create this pathway for giving that um, would in turn create more purposeful and meaningful vacation experiences. And um, as we started to uncover the psychological effects of giving, um, in fact, um, when you give, whether it's donation or by volunteering, um, it releases endorphins in your brain that make you feel happier and more connected. And so that was really the perfect storm for the traveler that wants to have that vacation experience. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, frankly, once you're on the ground, it's, it's too late to try to figure out what charities or nonprofits to give back to. Are you going to volunteer or not? Like you, it's too late at that stage. So most people don't do anything and they just live with what we call traveler's guilt. Mm -hmm. And um, they remain apathetic, um, which is the opposite of what we need travel to be, um, which is empathetic mm -hmm. um, and with empathy. And that's really what we need to create travel as a force that can create enormous positive economic impact, make um, communities um, support, you know, create supportive communities um, and advance environmental sustainability. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you so much for sharing that journey. Um, I, I know that when I first heard about Kind Traveler and your story and actually heard you speaking on a podcast, um, I immediately tied in because Belize is a real special place for me. Um, I traveled there quite a lot with my husband and with my family. And um, so it was I was immediately transported because I've been there and I could really resonate and connect with the picture you were painting. Um, and so I, I think. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah. And, and for me, I had traveled a lot um, prior to going, but my husband had never really been anywhere. And so we took a bus from, um, you know, one place to another. So we were traveling a lot through the countryside and um, my husband, I could tell, was really being emotionally impacted by what he was seeing. And, you know, we, we were talking a lot about, um, you know, really, the, actually, the, the cultural empathy, like, um, you know, you're having a, a reaction to, you know, yourself in this situation, and uh, really thinking about, like, you know, he was really, like, 
there's not electricity here. There's not this here. There's not this here. And that part of our brain that does is wired to kick in and help um, starts you in one direction. And, and I think that's really valuable. And the moment of pause that I asked for him and I was like, just like, look again, like as we're taking this bus, look again, because you're seeing all these expectations you would have for reality. And um, I said, notice the people, notice the children, notice the moms. And then, and then he was like, okay, I've paid attention. Right. I said, did they look happy or sad? And he was like, they looked really happy. And I'm like, you know, we often have this notion from the Western world of what what life needs to look like to feel fulfilled. And I said, you know, they, they're, they're not commuting. Like I, I spent four hours in my car yesterday doing driveline twice and dance pickup and doctor's appointments and, you know, all this kind of stuff that, that took from just my ability to be. And I said, you know, they're spending all this time with their family and their extended family, which I long for. And so I was like, Hey, we can't judge it on the same spectrum, right? Like there's different burdens and different blessings. And so that was one moment, like it was really fun to kind of get to go through that with him for the first time in that space. And so um, I think that's one thing as a traveler is to kind of, um, it's really hard to do, but to try to like peel yourself out of your shell a little bit and sit in the space and the place where you are and then really observe from that moment. And I think um, what we have talked about too with volunteerism um, is looking at really meeting the needs that exist instead of like that, that I, I need to do something gut reaction, like right that take that because it's propelling you forward, but then pause and say like, but what, what needs to be done? Yeah. Like what is the most impactful way that you can spend your time or money to actually make a true, meaningful, positive impact to that community. And that can often be confusing Yeah, um, because we've seen voluntourism go bad. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that that's, there's a lot of confusion in that Mm -hmm. space. And frankly, that's, you know, one of the challenges that we're trying to solve. I mean, also that five dollars of every hundred dollars spent um, from international travelers actually stays in that community right so that's another challenge that um, all communities should have the opportunity to benefit from tourism equally mm-hmm. and that's just frankly not the case of the current climate yeah and I I think that um, one of the things that's so powerful about conversations like these is I think it just opens aware, open doors to awareness. And so it doesn't always mean that there's like the immediate right answer to fix things, but starting to ask the questions, I think is more sometimes even more valuable than needing to have an answer and then inviting more people into the conversation. And um, I, I also love, like I said before, that kind traveler kind of erases some of the fear or hesitancy. So if you, if you have had this awareness, you're unsure about how volunteerism can be beneficial or negative. You're worried about where you're giving, like you're vetting these organizations that you're working with. So you already know the impact that it's going to be created. So I love that that creates a a real user-friendly process. You know, it it really makes it less comfortable. And, you know, and on that note with the charities, um, because we have to put contracts in place with every single charity that we fundraise for, um, we, we also ask them, you know, what are ways that travelers can get involved if there are things beyond donating um, that a traveler can do to, to support these different nonprofits, we'll list them um, on on the charity page on the Kind Traveler platform. And so like up in Sonoma, I was talking about the Russian Riverkeeper and I think it's every Wednesday you can sign up for a river cleanup event. Or um, with the food bank up there, you can sign up within I think two days and join a um, food bank uh, food bank drive. And so like there's lots of things um, you can do with the Sonoma Land Trust, even you can go on a docent led bird watching tour. So, I mean, there are so many things that you can do as well beyond the donation that I think that, um, you know, we're really looking to bring forward and communicate as well as 
you know, the other thing that we'll communicate is why is this charity so important to this community? And we go into detail and talk about that. And also, you know, um, how are they doing the work that they're doing? Because it's really important to educate the consumer or the traveler on what it actually means and what their dollars are doing. And then they can, you know, have a more comprehensive and holistic view of, you know, why these organizations play such a pivotal role in the destination's well-being. And then you can either, you know, choose to be a part of that story if you resonated or resonate with it, or, um, you know, maybe support the organization in a different way. But it brings that to the forefront of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think it really allows for a deeper connection to the place that you're traveling to as well, because if you are just, you know, booking your hotel, your accommodation, your tour, you show up, you are, you're kind of having this experience of yourself in this destination, but you're not really um, deeply connecting to it. But if you start on this path of you know, understanding, choosing a charity, learning about the impact, you're already more invested as a traveler in the destination. And then I think that opens the door to maybe other choices. So maybe before you didn't know that, you know, XYZ dollars are left in the community. So then you just learned that. So you're thinking, well, when I'm there, what are the restaurants I'm eating at? who's my tour guide? Can I ask, you know, where they're from? Like, again, just, it creates more questions, but then that yeah. is going to allow the traveler to make other choices that they might yes. not have before. I mean, and that's absolutely right. It's all about looking through this lens of kindness, um, as we say, when you're making all of your travel decisions from, you know, how are you arriving to the destination to where are you staying? And are you, you know, what are you doing once you're on the ground? And how is every single dollar being invested to support hotels, airlines, tour operators, activities, restaurants, uh, et cetera, um, in a way that supports communities and the environment. And so it's really the power of the traveler and the power of voting with your dollar that is so impactful and kind of thinking through that lens. Um, when we look at the lens of kindness and kind traveler, we kind of think of that lens having four pillars and it's animal welfare, individual wellness, community impact and environmental sustainability. And we've like, you know, sort of color coded that lens. So we always can think about that lens of kindness. And then how are my actions either hurting or helping within each of those sectors? Because it's not, you know, just about individual wellness, it's about wellness to others too. And how do your actions perhaps protect the health and well-being, which becomes really important during a pandemic. Um, and so travel should really be looked through this holistic lens that considers all of those things. Um, and the traveler should really realize the power of their dollar and their decisions throughout the entire journey um, that can essentially um, create an enormous positive impact if used uh, responsibly. And that's kind of like the whole goal of sustainable tourism and responsible travel and regenerative travel, you know, is to make those decisions um, in a holistic way. Yeah, I was just going to say that for travelers that are listening, that like that's literally the roadmap for creating a sustainable travel experience, but it's really doing it in a way that any person can understand without needing to have a great understanding of sustainable travel initiatives or, you know, it, it just, it, it's like, ask this question, find this answer, ask this question, find this answer, and it, it makes it less intimidating again and more accessible. Um, I did want to kind of tie into that um, part of the beginning of Soul of Travel and for me was painting the picture of travel um, with broader strokes. Like for consumers, travel is this peak moment and this peak experience, right? But all of these things happen before we arrive and all of these things happen afterward. And those are kind of unknown. Like I, I kind of akin it to a wave. Like we see the, 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 you know, the crest of the wave, but all of these things have happened before that moment. And um, as we know that the um, tourism industry is one of the largest industries, if not the largest industry in the world, one in 10 globally are employed. So 
when we look at this impact of the pandemic on the tourism industry, it it really is deeply impactful in a way that I think a lot of people don't fully understand. And so when we come back with this lens of sustainability in creating these experiences this way, then we have the opportunity to create a more healing return to travel in a, in a more expedited way. I don't know if you wanna to speak to how that is a part of your philosophy as well. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, you know, like you said, in, in 2019, travel and tourism made up 10 trillion GDP of the global economy. Um, and, you know, that uh, during COVID, I mean, a, you know, a big portion of that was largely erased. Um, in fact, um, I think it's 30% of all global um, poverty alleviation efforts um, were were erased during COVID, like 30% of all efforts were erased. Um, and so that economic impact has to be considered. And it's really, if we can look at this, you know, as the travel industry has this enormous potential to create either positive or negative impact, because we also know the negative side of what travel can do. It can create, you know, enormous carbon emissions. It can lead to overdevelopment. Um, it can use resources in an unsustainable way, polluting um, air, water, and land. Um, so we have to be mindful of the negative impacts um, that were, you know, that travel can create first. And then once we're aware of, of those and we've done our homework, then we can start to look at how can our actions um, actually create a positive impact because we don't want to, you know, not travel because of the economic impact and the, you know, the social and the psychological benefits of it um, to create a more uh, unified planet, essentially. Um, and we have to recognize its economic potential to support communities, but it just has to be done in a thoughtful, kind, responsible, sustainable way. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really the conversation in the industry is how can we do that and how can every operator in the industry from from hotels, airlines, tour operators to the traveler itself, to the media, to every stakeholder, governments, um, academia, all the stakeholders in the industry, how can we work together and um, create these pathways that are truly sustainable and even regenerative? And so that's like, that's the conversation that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And there's lots and lots of room for opportunity there because we have such this enormous challenge that frankly, has got the planet in a, in a lot of trouble. You know, we're, we're facing a climate crisis. We have more plant and animal species going extinct, more so than any other time in history. Um, and, you know, we have this economic loss from COVID that is pushing communities into poverty um, and even more extreme poverty in some cases. And so the rebuilding responsibly conversation is really important right now mm -hmm. for us all to consider when we go back out into the world how are we going to be, you know, a force that um, is part of the, the conversation and um, in, in advancing a more, you know, a kinder future for travel? <laughs> so um, that that's kind of what we all need to be thinking about right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I have loved the last witnessing the last like 18 months in this industry, 20 months seeing the people who were already doing this well really step up into leadership roles and um, bring these conversations to the table. For me, it's been a super exciting time to be a part of the industry. Like I have not been waiting for a global pandemic, obviously, but I have been waiting for this moment since I started in tourism 20 years ago. Like just like waiting for more and more people to be open to having this conversation. And it feels like, I don't know, every month or so there's this, this new topic that becomes the one that is on the table and, and none of them have been easy. Like none of them have been comfortable topics. I mean, looking right. at, you know, climate change and connection with tourism, looking at, you know, oppression in countries related to tourism there, like the, there are so many things that have surfaced and, 
um, I feel really proud of the people that haven't walked away from it. Like they have said, whoa, this is a mess. This is worse than we thought, or uh, we weren't aware that this was happening on this scale. And they didn't say, but I, it's not mine. I don't need to deal with it. Like they've been saying like, how can we do that? And um, organizations like Crest that you mentioned, uh, I mean, they're, they're also deciding not to do it alone. Like they're aligning with other organizations that are like-minded, have similar values to see what even greater impact they can create. Um, so I don't know if you have felt the same, but I have just seen like this lens of opportunity and possibility, like just coming through the industry and it, it's been really cool to see it. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with that. I mean, every, every challenge is an opportunity and um, COVID has um, pushed the conversation forward in a much faster way um, mm -hmm. as people have become more aware of how their individual impacts can affect not only the health and well-being of others, but the planet as a whole. So it's like I I'm excited for the future of sustainable tourism and where it's heading and, um, you know, super thankful for organizations like Crest who are um, creating very important educational resources for the industry. I mean, it's really impossible to move forward without education. And that's frankly why I joined the board is because um, these educational resources can help um, any, any travel business or you know, thought leader in travel, you know, regardless of where they are at in their journey. Because sustainability is a journey. It doesn't happen in isolation. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a continuing journey. And, um, but we need education to move the journey forward. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important for us all to be, um, you know, keen on um, immersing ourselves in those resources and really understanding the conversation deeply in terms of what is happening as related to the climate crisis, as related to species extinction, as related to some of these other big challenges that the planet faces, um, because that all can feel super overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, but if you immerse in education, then you can kind of look at, you can start with yourself and you can start by asking like those questions that you're talking about, what can I do today? And in my future, uh, whether it's travels or everyday life, um, to minimize my impact, um, but also create positive impact. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I think it all starts with education. And that's um, such a big part of this conversation that I think needs to um, be said. And, and knowing that Crest offers so many free resources mm -hmm. that are, that anybody can, you know, join a webinar, read a book, read a case study, and start with the most basic, simplest, you know, things mm -hmm. um, through that. Yeah, I, I would agree that the amount of content being created throughout the industry as well that is accessible to travelers and industry professionals to help spearhead these conversations and engagement has been a little yeah. bit mind-blowing. Like I have sat in webinar series, for example, with Crest and probably gotten as much impactful and valuable information through those free series as I did through much of like my master's in sustainable destination management, right? Like people are so willing to give of themselves to create the world and the future that they want to see right now, that it's such a, an optimal time for people to just soak that up and be able to put into practice whatever resonates for them in that moment. And like you said, it's this journey and this continuum. And I think much like not knowing what travel choices to make when booking a hotel, people often don't start the sustainability journey in their personal life or their travel life because they don't, they're afraid of getting it wrong or they're, they're looking from the beginning clear to the end and knowing like, well, I can't get there. So I'm not going to try. And so inviting travelers to just take one step and then see what you learn. And then, you know, we, you probably can't do all the things at once, but if you're really interested in um, animal welfare, then look at that and look at how you can incorporate that in your travel. And then when you have those travel experiences, 
um, you're more likely then to even bring that back into your daily life. And so I think that it's really cool to think about this as an invitation into the journey and not this end all be all process. Absolutely. I mean, we have to recognize that, um, you know, all of our voices matter a lot. I mean, when you look at pre-COVID, 1.4 billion travelers took uh, trips in 2019. Um, so the, the mass impact of those travelers, if they were all responsible travelers, using their voice, voting with their dollar, the in positive impact that that could create um, would be palpable. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to also using your voice and speaking up, like, we need to ask hotels, airlines, tour operators, etc., to, um, you know, what are they doing? Like, we need to motivate them, ask, do you have a plant-based menu? That's like a low, for me, that's a low-hanging fruit item because it's one of the most, um, you know, sustainable things that you can do um, as a hotel um, because there's all this research and evidence around how sourcing, um, you know, plant-based is going to reduce carbon emissions, support animal welfare, even support local communities. Um, so, but, but, but we have to ask for those things um, and they're not just going to automatically happen. The same with plastic waste. You know, if you want to see, um, you know, refillable water stations on every floor at least, or at least one in a hotel, then you need to speak up and ask for that. Um, and, 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 you know, we all can be vocal and I think we all have to just know and realize that our voices really do matter. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's knowing what to ask for and, um, and also feeling the, the good benefits of making those decisions that are positive because mm -hmm. it actually feels really good. And so, you know, for travel that creates those feel good feelings for, for me, I mean, the responsible pathway is full of those feel good moments that in turn create more meaningful, memorable fulfilled, purposeful vacation experiences. Isn't that at the end of the day, what we're all looking for when we go on a vacation, we yeah. want to get the most out of it. We want to feel as good as possible. Mm -hmm. So immersing in that pathway seems like an obvious answer to do that. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the kind of low hanging fruit. And that's such a great example to asking about the menu options and then the water bottles. Like that's actually my, my like gateway is always the water bottle. And I remember the first time that, you know, I took a trip and I'm like, I, I will not purchase any water bottles. Mm -hmm. and, you just refuse you know, plastic the whole yeah, time. When, mm -hmm. when I'm traveling, so, and that's hard some places, right? Like if you, if you're traveling in Europe or something, it might not be as difficult, but when I'm in Africa and South America, then you're thinking about, okay, well then where's my water coming from? And so I have a water filtration water bottle that it's like a French press, you know, you put your water out of your tap in there, press it, drink it. Um, I've had friends that said they have like literally scooped up river water, pressed it and drank it, which I have not done yet. I'm a little more intimidated about that, but definitely just my everyday water. And then I carry another water bottle. So I will pour that one into that and then have another one ready to go. And like I've, I've done it. So now yeah. I've traveled for 10 days with that. I have um, bamboo utensils Sorry. that are in my mm -hmm. backpack. Um, so it's, it, it seems kind of overwhelming. And if you have traveled in that that setting where you're constantly thinking about water. I mean, that's, it's really terrifying to think about not having safe drinking water. But the other thing that it really makes you aware of is when you're in those communities, like, you know, where's their water coming from? How is that water impacting their quality of life? And so your action creates again, the more questions that allow you to become more engaged and look for more ways that we can create solution yeah. problems so I mean it's hard to create a new normal and we're we're actually asking travelers to create a new normal where the new normal is bringing your reusable water bottle and refusing plastic throughout the journey so what do you have to do to do that you have to bring your own bamboo cutlery you might have to bring a reusable cup you might have to bring um, re reusable tote bags um, but you kind of have to gear up and plan for for that mm -hmm. um, because that is kind of that journey and 
you know, we can't wait for brands and airlines and hotels to, you know, we, we, of course we want them to make it easy for travelers and we need to voice up in times where they could be more sustainable. And as it relates to those things, but as travelers, we have to take that responsibility into our own hands. And it's not always easy to have to refuse when you're constantly being handed plastic and styrofoam at every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that is kind of the journey and the new normal that eventually becomes the new normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it creates great conversations. I, I had that um, opportunity in Peru where, you know, I was like, this is how I want to bring travelers. I want to do it this way. We're not going to have water bottles. And, you know, these operators and tour guides have been told for you know 20 years that in order to bring travelers here you have to provide them this water and so they're answering that first ask right so now if we say well now our ask is we need to know where we can refill our water bottles or can we get one large container of water that we fill over but everybody in our group can fill our water bottle out of so that we're lessening our impact that way. And, um, and I have found that they got really excited to be able to answer a new, to solve a new problem with us, right? Like they were giving us the solution we already asked for once and, and didn't maybe know now this is what we're looking for. And so it invites them into that, um, that, that process as well. Yeah. It makes them feel engaged and involved and it starts with those low hanging fruit items. Mm -hmm. And that can, like you said, be like the gateway to do even more. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're thinking about, well, my toothbrush and my toothpaste and what else is in my backpack that I can get curious about, you know, creating an impact. Right. And then also like the way that you're spending your money, like, can I support local mom, mom and pop shops and restaurants? Can I, you know, avoid buying plastic souvenirs and instead buy like locally made artisanal products that support local artists um, that of course don't use any um, animal skins or animal parts. Um, Can I support activities that don't, um, you know, I mean, animal entertainment internationally is a big one um, that I think even needs to be talked about even more, but, you know, there's still tour operators that are, you know, riding, you know, dolphin, creating dolphin riding experiences or riding elephants or, you know, all of these things that um, is also a big shift um, in the, you know, with the conscious traveler is avoiding um, any type of entertainment that is going to exploit an animal or a human for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's like, there's so many facets and that's why I always say, well, let's just look through the lens of kindness. Cause if you're looking through that lens, you're going to make sure you cover everything um, that you need to think about. Yeah. And I think as travelers, um, the traditional model is really this kind of um, meeting the demands of the travel, providing them the entertainment, providing them ease, providing them access And so also as a traveler, we're used to being in this space where we don't have to think about anything. And it's almost as if during this five to 10 days, there's no consequences for our actions, right? Like maybe in our normal life, we wouldn't choose this thing. It wouldn't be something we would normally do, but it's on a tour and it's amazing and it's entertaining and I'm here and it's a part of this experience. And it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but you know, not in Cairo and Kenya and all these places, like just shifting that, like, wait, maybe I should be asking, maybe I should be saying like, what would right. I do this at home? Is, do, is this aligned with my everyday values? Should I have permission to give myself room to take part in something that's against what I normally believe in? I think so. I mean, I think if you if you're starting to ask yourself that question in those types of decisions, there's probably a good chance that it might that it needs more investigation that, mm-hmm. that you know, I agree, like there's this feeling or this notion if like, oh, OK, if the tour operator is offering, OK, here, um, take a picture with a little monkey on your shoulder, you mu- you're on a holiday, it must be OK, like. It, 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 there's, it's not like you have to, if you're starting to question if that's okay, you're probably at the point where like you, we need to listen to our intuition essentially and listen to our gut. If something doesn't feel quite right, probably isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't have to be rocket science to figure this out. It can just be like, like looking through this lens of like, am I advancing animal welfare? Am I supporting local communities? Am I 
Like, am I being conscious to the environment? And am I thinking about my own health and well-being as well as the well-being of others? Like it, you know, I think that if once we start to shift our consciousness to look through that lens, then we'll avoid bad decision making. Yeah. I think another thing that can happen is that you 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 have this new awareness, right? You want to make these choices, but in doing so, you also have to look at the past you that has traveled and made those choices. And it's almost by choosing this new path, you're saying like, I did it wrong before and people get really uncomfortable with that, right? I think that's happening across the board socially with a lot of issues, but um, again, for people listening, maybe this being, um, an opportunity and inviting you to just take the the right, the next right step moving forward and not to have to chastise yourself for things you didn't know in the past. No, I mean, it's only until you step into a world of consciousness that you start to uncover and everybody reaches that at a different point in time. We absolutely can't hold ourselves guilty because we've all made those bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Like we've all been, you know, in a situation at one point where maybe it wasn't the most perfect decision, but we just, you know, we have to evolve and learn. And that's why immersing in education will create sort of this hyper awareness and consciousness that's needed. Um, but it's, that's a path and that's a journey. And, um, the truth is it doesn't matter where you are and in that journey, it's, it's never too late to just jump in and start with the low hanging fruit. And it doesn't have to be intimidating at all. Um, but nobody certainly, you know, we we need to support those decisions and encourage people and, uh, not get sucked into any shaming, um, in those decisions because that doesn't actually create progression. Right. Yeah. It's stagnation when you're stuck there in that space. Um, well, I feel like there's still so much that we could talk about, but I want to be conscious of your time and our listeners time today. Um, Before we go, I did want to just come back to, you mentioned that your 2.0 version of your website is coming soon. I wanted to talk about what is that going to offer people who are um, visiting your site in the future and what can they be looking forward to? Oh, thanks so much, Christine. Yes. So we've been working on some new technology over the last eight months, um, and we'll be launching a new website um, very soon. We don't have an exact launch date yet. Um, but are hoping to start doing some private um, behind the scene previews in November. But um, essentially, we have, um, you know, created a more optimized UI UX experience for travelers to have an amazing user experience. Um, We've brought the impact metrics forward um, onto the site. So, you know, right now you have to kind of get through a few clicks until you find those unique impact metrics where, you know, those things are the the bread and butter of what um, makes our platform so unique. And so we've um, created some new pathways. Um, You know, there's lots of other little updates, but we're Um, launching with 40 new kind hotels that have joined us that are not currently live on the platform, but will be live with 2.0. And we've also identified um, and created partnerships with 15 new charities. Um, And many of these opportunities are in countries that we're not currently in. So we'll be expanding um, to much more greater international presence um, with some really amazing partners and tourism boards that are Um, really dedicated to this movement as well. Uh, So we can't wait um, to go live with this new platform and um, kind of see things full circle. Um, After, you know, we did a ton of surveys earlier in the year, um, you know, in our newsletter, and we just received some really amazing feedback that we wanted to act on. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's all about evolving and improving the experience and the, and the technology and the opportunity for positive impact, which is what we're most excited about. Yeah, excellent. Well, cr- congratulations on that. I can't wait Thank to you. see when it launches. And I also want to um, just congratulate you on the success that you guys have seen so far. I know you recently were honored as um, one of news for receiving Newsweek's Future of Travel Award for um, technology. And, um, I just, I, it's so exciting to see, um, businesses like yourselves, like really moving forward and, and showing the way, like you are shaping the future of what tourism will be like. And I'm just excited to see, I'm just excited to see this continue to build. And I, I finally feel like 
it's not going to be one step forward and two steps back anymore. I think it's just going to be steps forward. And um, so I'm really, I'm just excited. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that. I, I, I really appreciate the congratulations. We were so, so honored for that opportunity. And it's, you know, honestly, those little, those little things that happen, those awards that, that kind of just show us like, they're like little guideposts to us, like keep going, keep going. You're in the right direction because frankly, it's been a really hard journey. Like you said, you wouldn't want to have been the one to have birthed this thing. And sometimes I ask myself that same question, like why? <laughs> but um, I'm, you know, I'm so deeply connected and I really can't imagine doing anything else, but it certainly has not been an easy road um, in any sort of way, but um super grateful for your support and, you know, the, the interest that has evolved in this space. And like you said, I really think that the future is looking super positive for sustainable tourism. Yeah. Well, um, before we do the wrap up with the rapid fire questions, um, how can people find um, Kind Traveler if they're ready to book for their next trip? Um, yeah, so I would encourage you to head on over to kindtraveler.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. We have a weekly newsletter where you'll be updated on um, any new hotels or charity or positive impact opportunities to give back. Um, you'll also, we do a really fun giveaway every single month. Um, and so you'll find out about those giveaways. And, um, and then also, of course, you can follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn is where we're hanging out. So I encourage you to, you know, connect with us on those platforms. And um, we'd love to talk more with you if you're interested in um, learning more about what we're up to. Excellent. Thank you. And I really encourage people to look because even if you're not traveling right now, there's just so many resources for thinking about how you might travel to get inspired for traveling in the future. Um, it might, you might just see something that actually becomes the catalyst for your next trip because you really want to visit one of these unique properties and be able to give back and be connected to a destination. So yeah, thank um, you, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, so the rapid fire, we're going to go there. So um, what is your favorite book or movie that in, uh, inspires adventure or a travel escape? Okay. And these are questions that I, I was not supposed to study for, right? Like I, no. now I feel like, did I miss something? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that there was rapid fire. Um, well, I have this uh, amazing collection of books behind me that have all really inspired me in some way for an, or another. Um, I'm going to say that um, I have a really hard time deciding because I'm such a bookworm, but <laughs> I have some amazing books that um, actually recently this is not rapid fire, is it? So it's okay. It never is. So I need to rename it, but I don't know what the name is like almost rapid fire. Yeah. Anyways, we recently did a blog post on the best responsible travel books. Um, mm -hmm. It's our latest post and there you'd find all my favorite travel books for inspiration. So yeah, excellent. that's my you long winded know, answer. I, I have one right here. That's one of them. Yes. Yeah. Beyond yes. guilt trips. It's so yes. good. It's so um, good. Yeah. I would encourage that would be a great place for people that have been inspired by this conversation to start learning more, I think. Yes. Um, let's see. What is always in your suitcase? Uh, well, always, you know, like we talked about, reusable water bottle, cutlery, always a to-go bag, um, and always a yoga mat and um, some tea. I always bring tea with me um, and maybe some essential oils, anything that I can do to like create relaxation. Um, I'm always going to bring it with me. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty similar to me as well. Um, <laughs> what has been your favorite destination? Uh, you know, um, we went to Germany um, the the before the world closed down in December 2019, and um, I, I really fell in love with it. Um, Southern Germany. Um, we were in the the Bavarian Alps, and uh, we um, I took a wellness um, sort of a wellness road trip, if you will, to find like the best wellness um, resorts. And, um, I actually did a blog post on that as well. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I loved, um, everything about Germany and, um, we're actually going back to Switzerland, um, next month for a, um, a really similar opportunity, um, that we were invited to, to present kind traveler at the world tourism forum in Switzerland. Excellent. And so I'm so excited for that. And I kind of have a feeling that it'll be very similar, um, similar experience, but different. Yeah, 
the mountains. I haven't been, oddly, I have never been to anywhere in Europe, which is feels weird as someone it's like the last continent besides Antarctica that I have left is Europe which is very bizarre but I'm gonna get there soon yeah um let's see where do you still long to visit you know um I have so many longings so (laughs) I I really long to visit all of our kind hotel and destination partners because it's really there that I'm doing this work I'm aligning these charities creating all these partnerships and one of the most gratifying things ever for me is to go visit these charities and see their work. In fact, we did like a, a, an ambassador trip to the Marine Mammal Care Center a couple of years ago and told the story about how you can support ocean conservation and traveling kindly and supporting marine mammals. And it was hands down like one of my like favorite experiences. And it was actually locally um, in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. um but that, that's really what I long to do. Um, I, we have, you know, like I said, 22 countries. So I got, I got a lot of traveling to do, (laughs) but it's really like, because we have these partnerships, I think that's just what makes it feel so special. And that's the work that motivates me is to see the impact coming to life. Yeah, I agree. Like over the past year now doing these conversations and I've talked to women working with organizations all over the world. Like, I just can't wait now to go see them and be engaged and learn more about their projects with boots on the ground and experience it. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I love is that you mentioned that that impactful experience that you had was in your backyard. And so that people can be inspired to create impact and have powerful and rewarding experiences without traveling a long distance. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, You don't have to look far to, to have an incredible, I mean, here in the U S like we have, so many wonderful things, but anywhere, I mean, there's always something new to be discovered, not far. So it really doesn't have to be far. I agree. Um, What is something you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? Oh, um, well, I, I'm a plant-based diet, so I, um, I kind of stick to a certain like set of eating principles, but, um, Gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I guess, you know, when I was in Germany, I, it was in December and I had a chance to go to Christmas market and like five different Christmas markets in Germany and in Austria. Um, and so I guess when I ever, I drink, um, mulled cider or the blue vine Mm -hmm. as they call it, um, I would be connected right back to that Christmas market, which, really is like one of the most magical experiences if you ever go to Germany or Switzerland or, you know, there's a couple places where they have Christmas market, but it's all over Germany and it is, it is really special. Yeah. That's been on my wish list. My family (laughs) has German heritage and that's one of the things I've always wanted to do. Um, What would, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to explore the world? Um, I think that would be my dad, um, you know, growing up, um, I have an uncle that lives in Colorado. I'm originally from Pennsylvania and we would go out to visit him in Colorado and go skiing. And that was really like something so different than the East coast. And my mind at a very young age, um, you know, was kind of open to the West and to this idea that there's this big world outside of Pittsburgh where I was from. Um, but I think it was like those early trips with my dad, um, that inspired my love for my early love for travel. Yeah. Um, if you could take an adventure with one person fictional or real alive or past, who would it be? Um, well, one of my, my biggest heroes is Jane Goodall. So if I could, take a trip with her and go visit like some of her sanctuaries and, you know, see her work like, um, in Africa, I think that, um, would be pretty powerful, um, for me. Yeah. That would be amazing. I think a lot of people would be really moved by that type of experience. I actually have one of our books here. It's called a prayer for world peace. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing little book that, um, everybody should check out. Yeah. 
Oh, well, Jessica, thank you so much for helping me to start season three. Um, I'm just, it's been such a great example of women in this industry who are helping to shape our future. And I just, I'm really grateful for the connection and to learn more about Kind Traveler and to share how people can learn about you and support the work you're doing. Oh, thanks so much, Christine. Well, I certainly love the work that you're doing as well and just feel so honored to be a part of your show and really just appreciate everything that you're doing to educate an industry um, towards a kinder way of traveling. So thank you for all of the work that you're doing as well. It was truly, truly a pleasure to connect today. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.